Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again with another episode. And today I am grateful, I'm honored, and I'm excited to be bringing to you my brother, Mr. Ryan Nicewinder. Ryan, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Hey, Dream Nation, what's up? I'm super pumped to be here. I think uh, dreams are kind of what, what makes it possible, right? Like we have to be able to shoot for something and excited to be able to uh, share some of my stories. And thanks so much, Cashanova, for having me on the show. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I first learned about your story uh, from one of my team members. They, they brought it to me and I thought it was just phenomenal. The fact that you are a Paralympic gold medalist in itself just shows how much you have been determined and how much adversity that you've had to go through. But at the same time, you've came out on the other side. So I think that you're a super inspiration. The way that I always love to get into people's stories is I compare us as entrepreneurs thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly, we're flying around the world, we're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And that doesn't mean that you have to physically fly because now we know that Zoom still allows us to be all around the world. But the question that I have for you is a lot of the times when we see, even if we saw you on TV, right? The Paralympics, we saw you win this gold medal. We see you as a superhero, the Superman. But a lot of the times when you ask someone behind the scenes, a Superman, they can't really describe who that Clark Kent is. So my question to you is when it comes to Ryan Nicewinder, tell us who is that Clark Kent? I think one of the biggest things, and I love that you brought this up, this, the superhero, Superman kind of mentality is I believe that we all have our own superpowers, right? And when we look at Ryan Nicewinder, what is that superpower? I think growing up, um, my disability was something that I shied away from. You know, when I went to the grocery store, when I was in public, I just hoped that no one even like recognized. And the biggest compliment someone could give uh, teenage Ryan would be, you know, I don't even notice that you have a disability. Like you're just overcoming it so well, I don't even notice you have it. And it wasn't until I embraced like who I was to my fullest self and accepted the reality that, yeah, I have a disability, but like that's what makes me unique. That's what makes me a differentiator compared to someone else. And that's what people remember. When I go speak, when I go talk at different organizations, they may say like, They'll, someone will say Ryan Nicewonder, and they'll be like, Ryan Nicewonder, and they're like, oh yeah, the, the guy that uh, was in a wheelchair, or the guy that had, uh, he walked a little differently than someone else, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I remember him, and I remember what he said. And I just think that in that realm, and then also the places that my disability has taken me, I mean, the Paralympic gold medal, traveling the world, playing professionally in Hamburg, Germany, I think when I, when I reflect on all of that, I say to myself, my superpower is my disability. It's the differentiator. And when I finally embraced who I was, I was able 
to reach my untapped potential, to, to unlock that last third of my capabilities and really to thrive in any environment that, that I put myself in because I'm confident, I'm capable, and I'm walking in with my full self. I love it. Now, just for uh, a little bit of background on it, uh, can you explain to us what exactly, you know, is your disability and, and at what age did, you know, you get diagnosed with this or were you born with it? Yeah, great question. I love when people ask this because I think disability is, is who I am. And so um, I was born with a disability called uh, congenital distal spinal muscular atrophy. And there will be a quiz at the end of the show, so you got to remember that. Um, but basically to break it down, congenital means at birth, distal means the lower part of our body, spinal means our spine, and then muscular atrophy means the deterioration of, of my muscles. And so for me, my motor signal doesn't send from my spine to my quadriceps. And your quadricep is the muscle when you lock your leg out, you're flexing your quadricep. So for me, when I go to stand, I can't bear that weight and I would collapse. So a lot of times I'll use an everyday chair that helps me get from point A to point B. Um, I say everyday chair because I also have a basketball chair that looks very different and that's like um, sports specific. But I also use leg braces to walk. Um, I can walk shorter distances. If I'm going to a mall or an airport or something like that, I'm going to take my chair, just more efficient. Um, but around the house, if I'm just driving to the grocery store, I'll use my, my braces to get around. So sometimes you'll see me standing, sometimes you'll see me walking. Um, but congenital distal spinal muscular atrophy is what I have. And I've, I've had it my whole life. So your body adapts and you adjust and, and you overcome. Yeah. So talk to me about as you were growing up and obviously you have this disability, but you're learning that it is a part of who you are and you, you can't get over that. At what age did you decide that, hey, I can still play sports? Because that's another thing we all as a kid, we all have a love for sports. Right. But even the people who don't have any disabilities, they struggle with playing sports. So at what age were you like, hey, I'm enough and I can still be a great sports player, especially in my favorite game of basketball? When I was growing up around like six or seven years old, my parents um, were an athletic family and they wanted me to have access to sport. And so I was playing t-ball where I'd like hit the ball really far and then it would take me a while to get to first base where maybe someone would have gotten to second or third base. Um, I was the goalkeeper when you were playing like soccer and it was good until the net got too big and then like obviously I can't jump. So I struggled there and I always just felt like my mind knew what it wanted to do, and I knew that I could, but my body just had the limitation that I, I couldn't do that. And when I was eight years old, my parents found uh, a newspaper article in one of the local papers that had um, an advertisement for a wheelchair basketball clinic that was happening about an hour from where we lived. And so they decided that it would be a good idea for at least to try it. Like, why not go try? It can't yeah. hurt. And for me, the first time I hopped in a wheelchair, it was like my mind could do, my body could do what my mind had always been, always been telling me it wanted to do. And that word that comes to mind is freedom. Like I felt free. I felt like for the first time, like the world understood me. It understood who I was, what I was capable of. And that sparked the jolt and the passion for wheelchair basketball. And and, and I don't want to diminish this fact either. Like I've now grown up and met so many people that they're still trying to find that passion, right? That passion that, that they want to wake up every day and they're excited to live life because they have something that they want to pursue. 
And I was super fortunate at eight years old to find that passion. And not that we can't have multiple passions, but that's the first time that I remember that. And then when I knew that I was going to be good was there's this concept of like when someone believes in you, you can do far more than you ever thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Someone when I was 12 years old came up to me after a practice and it was someone that had, had had success in wheelchair basketball and had coached at some of the elite levels. And he came up to me and he just, he said to me, I see, I see potential in you. And I think that you could really go somewhere in this game. And as a 12 year old, that's all I needed was someone else to see where I could go to, to want to wake up early in the morning and get into the gym to want to spend my weekends Maybe not hanging out with friends as much, but going to tournaments, going to practices that were two and a half hours away. I was willing to sacrifice because someone believed in me and then I believed that it was possible. And that's powerful. And I think that what we need to realize as individuals is we can speak life into people. We can help people reach their untapped potential just by vocalizing something that you see in them. And I love that. So that's something that I've always held really close to me. And as an athlete, um, I think that that was one of the catalysts to, to me ultimately being a, a Paralympic gold medalist. Yeah. Now, let, let me ask you, because obviously when you're young and you don't know how to inspire yourself, you don't know how to get that motivation. You're just kind of going through the motions. And me, I think that, you know, obviously I, I shared with you that I did go through childhood cancer and it was pretty severe. So I know that, you know, mentally it's just, it's very draining on you, especially when you just, like you said, your mind wants to do things that your body just physically can't, whether that means you're sick or you know whatever it might be. So my question to you is, uh, how were you able to start to, uh, what do I want to say? Mold your mind at a young age to understand that like you can continuously get up and, and, live a great life, even though you might not have, you know, all the extremities that everyone else does. One thing that really helped me was like, I'm one of one. And I think that we all are kind of one of one. We're unique individuals. And so the person that puts limits or defines what we're able to do is us. And my parents really showed me early on that they weren't going to treat me any differently because I had a disability. We were just going to figure out like, how does it work for Ryan? Like what it's, it's not that it's impossible. It's just, it may look a little different. And I think too many people look at someone that may have childhood cancer or have a disability, or I could go on and on and on. And we put limits on them without even asking, without even seeing, you know, can like, maybe they can do that, but it would look a little different than, the, I hate to even say this, like the, the typical person, like whatever that is in, in our world. Right. Um, and so I just, I, th- I think for me, it was not going in with preconceived notions of like what I can and can't do, but putting myself in vulnerable positions where I might fail, but coming out on the other side, I would, I would be better off because I've learned and I've grown and I've adapted and I've overcome and now I can complete that task. Uh, so it was just a mind, a mindset switch that allowed me to, uh, attack life, uh, head on. Yeah. Now you said a lot. And, and I guess my question is though, Ed, it's easy 
and, and just my opinion, I think that it's easy to say these things now, but when you're young and when you're eight, nine, 10 years old, you don't really know who you are, right? I mean, your 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 brain's only been forming for 120 <laughs> months at, at 10. Yeah. So it's like, as a young age, was there anything, was it just your parents that, you know, always spoke life into you and saying, hey, don't put those limitations on yourself, right? Or was it, hey, me finding a tribe early on that someone was able to mentor me and they had a disability as well. So I saw that mm-hmm. it was possible. What did that look like for your journey? Two things come to mind. The first one is uh, I was a part of a wheelchair basketball team called the Bennett Blazers, and they've they've pumped out now multiple Paralympians. Uh, and so the part of you saying like, did you see someone that was like doing it? It helped you. Like they were the proof point to like that it was possible for me. The answer is absolutely yes. Surround yourself with people that are further along the journey and learn from them and pick their brains. And then figure out what's best for you, what's best for, for what's going to mold and shape you into the individual that you want to be. So that's one. And the second one, and I don't know how healthy this is, but I just wanted to prove people wrong. Like, as a, whether I was eight or nine years old, like, I just wanted, like, when people thought that I couldn't do something, I was, like, so badly, I just wanted to show them that, what are you talking about? I'm normal. Like, like I said, I didn't want to embrace my disability per se, um, but I think that gave me an edge. I was like edgy when I was young, and I just I would like try things that maybe a typical eight nine year old wouldn't even try or put themselves in that environment because I wanted to prove that I can, and that was really important for me because I proved it and I believed it, and then I saw other people uh, on my team and and on the teams that were ahead of me doing it and all those things kind of built up to, I would say, um, how, how I decided to, to overcome those things early on in life. Yeah, man, I love it. I, I'm glad that you said that. And and yeah, I think both of those are key factors in, in anyone's life, right? Be it, and you got to have a little bit of that moxie, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. always going to put their limiting beliefs on you. It doesn't matter if it's about business, if it's about sports, if it's about your height, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm glad that you said that. What point did it become a real goal for you to try to make the Paralympics, right? Rather than just doing it recreationally or a little bit, like when were you like, listen, I really think one day I'm going to hoist up a gold medal. Hmm. More recently, I had a, a college athlete that I mentor. He was like, after we won, he shot me a message and he's like, can you like, would you ever have imagined you'd be sitting here with like a gold medal? And I answered the, like, I think he was wanting me to, he set it up for me to say like, no, never in a million years. But I answered that. I was like, yeah, I do. And I did. And I think it was around 14 or 15 when I started to get into high school. I, I was, I had this um, poster up in my room and it had the date of the United, uh, under 23 team, the United States under 23 men's national team. Uh, it had the tryout date. And it said, At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go for it. And I put it on my ceiling. So every morning that I woke up, all the first thing that I saw was that date and what, what I needed to do that day to be ready for that moment. And early on, those were the things that drove me. And also success. I found success really early on. But around 14 or 15, it was that when I was 12, someone spoke potential into me. And then 14 or 15, I really saw like, and started to have some success. And then I'm someone that I believe like, be ready for the moment because you never know when it's going to come or happen. And 2013, 2012 was the London Games. And after 2012, they won bronze, but um, a new coaching regime came in. And it was like they were bringing in a plethora of athletes that were going to have an opportunity to try to make the 2013 national team. And the coach just happened to be one of the, he's the coach of the Missouri uh, Tigers, University of Missouri's team. And he was recruiting me. So he knew me. He had saw my game before and invited me to come try out. And I took advantage of the moment. So I believe right place, right time. But then you have to be ready for that moment. And you can't play catch up ball. And that's the whole thing about like creating disciplines now that allow you to not have to prepare for the moment when you get the call, but you're ready for the moment when you get the call. And, and that's when I was able to make my first national team as a senior in high school. So I would say freshman year was when I really started setting those goals and putting that poster up on my, uh, on, in my room on the ceiling. But uh, I was right place, right time. That also helped. And then being ready for that moment. Yeah, there's so, so much that I want to unpack there. My mind is feeling crazy. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the beautiful thing about what I just heard and the first thing is you're never us. We, we all get so caught into thinking that our world only revolves around us. We're never thinking like that. You know, there's people across the world that are preparing for the Paralympics, right, to make a national team and all that emotion there. Like we don't no one ever thinks about those things. Right. Where you're like, because you're thinking and I'm thinking everybody's going to this hotel. Right. And and you, you have all of obviously your equipment and and everything else. But we just don't think that way. And it's like if you just stop and you think about the world is so much bigger than you. It's hmm. it's absolutely fascinating and phenomenal. The the second thing that comes to my mind and just out of curiosity. So like when you when you say I'm starting to have success with it, what does success look like um, when it comes to Paralympic basketball? Like if because obviously, you know, in success and when we're talking and I don't want to say it either. 
but like what people say is the typical basketball game, right? You got to be mm-hmm. able to dribble. You got to be, but height also matters a ton in there, right? Because how big you are, can you dunk? So what does that look like in the Paralympic game? Like, how, do you ever see somebody and you're like, wow, that that kid is special? Yeah, it's a great question, and I, and, I, and one of the things that comes to mind is height still matters. And it might even matter more in wheelchair basketball because there is no jumping, right? Like you can tilt up on one wheel, but your height is your height. But then I would also say speed is so crucial. The game is so fast. Mm -hmm. And when I see someone in high school now that has like the speed, the quickness, the court awareness, to me, that's when I'm like, he's special. Like I I can teach him the rest, but he's got things that other people don't. And I, and I want to invest in him. And that's been something that's been really important in, to me is I, I've reached the pinnacle of my sport. Yeah. And now I want to give back to that next generation. And I'm, and I'm picking and choosing wisely, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking the potential that I see in them to them so that they can believe it's possible and put that time and effort in so that we have generational uh, change in our game. And we continue to, I leave it better than when I found it. Um, so I would say speed height is huge, but if you don't have speed and court awareness, uh, height, height is limited. Uh, and so those would be the things that come to mind. And those were the things that stood out for me. I'm really quick. I have great court awareness and I can shoot the ball. I'm five one to put it in perspective. I'm five one. Okay. So I am not tall. I am not going to be like posting anyone up. I'm going to beat you, uh, by being a good distributor, being a good creator, knocking down open shots and playing great defense. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. And again, um, this is something you you mentioned uh, before the show is uh, talking about education, right? And and I love this from the sense that I'm literally this is the first time I'm ever <laughs> having a conversation about wheelchair basketball. But luckily for me, I'm having it with someone who, just like you said, is at the top, the pinnacle of the sport. So I, I feel like I'm just I'm learning my mind's like, wow, that is absolutely fascinating. So when you talk about working, like how much do you have to focus on shoes? versus are you constantly just kind of in the gym weight rooms because obviously when you talk about speed your arms Mm -hmm. matter quite a bit what does that look like what's your normal routine look like for working out well to break it down in its simplest form yes we're using a lot more upper body than lower body that is absolutely true but the training looks very similar to stand-up basketball um shooting is very important. You need to make sure that you're in the gym, that you're, you're getting your shots up. And then the way that they would work on footwork, we would call it chair skills where, how are you moving your chair? Can you move it quick? Can you change directions? Uh, practicing your vocal communication. It's so interesting that, and I was just talking with someone at, at, I work at visa and I was just talking to someone in the corporate world and you know, Humility looks good on everyone. And there's times where like you get beat in the game of basketball. Like you just get the guy takes you to the rack. But if you don't say anything and you just let that person go to the, and score, that's the worst mistake that you can make. But if I call for help, if I ask for assistance, I'm going to have a teammate come in, slide over. I'm going to be able to recover and we're going to be able to play great defense still. But it takes a level of humility to say like, I'm beat and I need help. And that's a great characteristic that is transferable in, in corporate America, as an entrepreneur, 
in any facet of life is, you know, I need some assistance here. I'm a little over my head in an area and I'm going to, I need to lean in on, and, and can you, can you impart some wisdom on me? Can you teach me this? I, I need to learn this. And it's, it's a curious mind and a humble heart. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is going to allow you to go really far in life. Mm, I love that. At what point, like, so now that you've reached the pinnacle, what does the next chapter look like for you? You've talked about giving back, um, but for you, as you, what is your mission that you're on now? Well, two things. I'm going to go for 2024. Okay. Um, I feel like I have more left to give to the game. So that's first and foremost is I've got one more in me and I want to, and I want to be able to um, make even a deeper impact. And do you work out every day? Every day. Every, Every day. day. How many shots yep. do you shoot a day? Uh, anywhere from three to five hundred shots. Wow. And and then I'm getting lifts in, and then I work a full time job, and then I get to hang out with my beautiful wife. Um, faith, family, uh, basketball, work. Uh, those are those are the things that that fuel me. And my mission is to help people reach their untapped potential. I believe in life that most people operate in two thirds of their potential. And that final third is what makes everyone unique. It's the differentiator. And most people never get into that final third because they don't embrace who they are to the, to the fullest of their being. And when we do that in a work environment, when we do that on the court, when we do that with our team, with our families, individuals, communities, if we would all reach into that final third, it would be amazing to see like the impact and the ripple effect that would happen in this country and this world. And you're seeing it, you're seeing it in underrepresented communities, finally stepping up and being heard. Not finally, they've been doing it for a long time, but when, when we like every tribe and every nation is coming together, that's when we can make the most beautiful music. And so for me, my mission is to help people reach their untapped potential and doing that through sharing stories at the pinnacle of my career uh, to illustrate strategies on, on how to do that. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true that most people are operating only in that two thirds. They don't push themselves. They don't have a tribe. Um, they don't have the support, the encouragement, the challenge. Um, but let me ask, what is what's the first step? Because you say, hey, I want to help people to, to start to operate in that, you know, differentiator, which is that one third. What is the first step? Like, is it just self-care? Is it acknowledgement? What does that look like in your world? Yeah, and the last thing that I would say to the point that you made before is that it is drive, you know, it is to have that motivation to be able to do it, but it's also on like us to be able to create environments that encourage it. I think a lot of people are told like to just operate kind of as a robot and stay like, be like mainstream, like everyone else, don't stand out, just do the job, get paid, go on with your day. And there's a couple things that come to mind, but for like, how do we control it ourselves? I think it starts with like acute self-awareness, self-awareness to understand and be able to take time to reflect 
on the day-to-day of what, like, who we are and areas maybe where we could uh, double-click into further to to explore more. It takes reflection. Like, a lot of people don't even know what that last third is. Um, I was fortunate enough, I have, like, a visible disability, and I recognized it pretty early on and was able to uh, accept that. But I think everybody has a differentiator. It just takes uh, reflection, self-awareness, and an environment that encourages it to be able to have that bubble up and bubble over and influence like not just you, but the people around you. Yeah. Where do you go? Cause it seems like obviously you, you've gained a lot of wisdom in your years and, and it feels like you've given yourself a lot of grace and patience, which is what I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with, right? They, they, uh, they struggle with that feeling like that they're not already a, a superhero, even though internally they feel like they are. They're just not producing it. My question to you is, where do you look for your inspiration from? Is it books? Is it podcasts? Is it, you know, have you, you know, joined Tony Robbins coaching programs? What what does that look like for your journey? It's a little bit of everything. I think podcasts are great. Love listening to podcasts because everybody has a story and a different experience. And so when you get to like, listen to that, you're just gaining more life experience. Same thing with books. History shows us like what has happened and a lot of things repeat themselves. And so if we're able to, to read and tap into the 1900s, the 1800s, even like, I mean, I was only born in 94. So even in the the mid nineties, like I'm, I'm able to tap into a place that I never even lived in yet I can learn from. And so I think that that's really powerful. I think the second thing is like questions, ask people questions. Everybody loves to talk about themselves. And I love to hear about other people and their stories because everything that I'm sharing with you is something that I've learned along my journey from someone else. And it pieces together my story of who influenced me to where I am today. Um, I think it's, it's super critical that we surround ourselves with people that, that make us our best self. And I'm someone in my work environment, in my life environment, I am going to surround myself with people that I respect, that I see lead in a way that I want to emulate. And then I pick their brain nonstop. And I don't do it in like um, an annoying way. I'm just very, like, I'm never going to waste someone's time. Time is critical. It's, it's, it's limited. And I want to maximize that time. So those are a couple things that come to mind. And then the final thing that I would just say is like, for me, faith is super important. And when my foundation is secure, then I'm comfortable like going and maximizing who I am without worrying about like, Ooh, did that person like me? Did that person not like me? Like, did I impress that person? Did I not impress that person? I'm just able to live in like the mission and the calling that I feel like I have. And it allows me to, to live freely and be authentic. And that's contagious. I love like when you can tell immediately when someone is authentic and it's like, naturally the whole room just gravitates towards them. I want to be that person. 
I love it. I love it, man. It's definitely uh, inspiration, I think, to everybody who's watching or listening at this. And there's so much truth in it. You talked about having stories, right? Um, and so my question and one thing is I want to make sure that you educated me on something. And we want to educate the listeners that, you know, when a lot of people ask you, sometimes they might say Olympics, Right. But then you educated me. And do you want to go ahead and, and I guess, educate the, the world as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Olympic and Paralympic Games, uh, as we were talking about earlier on the, before we hopped on uh, the show, was it they're parallel. And like bo- both athletes put in extreme effort and years of dedication to master their crafts. But they happen at different times. So the Olympics happen like in Tokyo, they happened two weeks before the Paralympics. And if you think that I'm an Olympian and you're like, oh, I want to go watch Ryan Nicewonder compete and you go to watch the Olympics, you're going to be two weeks early and you're going to miss out on that opportunity. And so just being able to use the correct terminology that I'm a Paralympic gold medalist, that I'm a Paralympian, it allows people to become familiar with a word that maybe they haven't heard very much. And it seems simple, but then when they've said it, they've heard it, they use it. Then when they see it on the TV guide, when they see it in advertisements, when they see it in their day-to-day life, they know exactly what it is and they know the differentiator between the two, but they also know the commonalities that both share. Uh, And so that's just one thing that I I think it's important to educate and educate in a way where it's like, I mean, we talked about it. Uh, You did an amazing job. Like, uh, changing, like saying everything with, with the Paralympics instead of the Olympics. And I just think that it's a conversation that can be had that doesn't need to be like, you need to do this and stop doing this. But it's just like, hey, this is something that's really important to me. And, and now you know, and now you'll be able to go educate others. So I really, it's, it's something near and dear to my heart. It's super simple. Um, but everybody that's listening to this show, I think it's a, it's a good educational piece. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, talk to me about what when you become a Olympic gold medalist, which is something that 99% of us will never experience no matter what it is, right? Uh, what are some of the perks or the benefits that you get? Like, hmm. like after you won it, so you were working so hard, like, I'm going to get this and you got it. And then it's like, what do you get then? What, what, <laughs> what is like the most fascinating things that you, that you love? Hmm. Before I go to the fascinating things that I love, because like there has been definitely shifts in platforms that have opened up because of it. Uh, I heard a quote and it said, um, if you weren't good enough before you were a Paralympic gold medalist, you will never be good enough when you become a Paralympic gold medalist. And I, that just like, it gives me chills and it rings so true in my life is that whether I'm a Paralympic gold medalist or not, I'm still Ryan Nicewinder. Right. And I'm still the same person that has the same disciplines and could have this same conversation with you. But what it does is it opens up the platforms and opportunities to influence more. And that's what I've seen. I've seen the opportunity to be interviewed, to speak, to speak um, life into other people, potential into other people, and to just bring awareness to the Paralympics. Your question about like, what have I received? It, it's, it's amazing. My coach started coaching wheelchair basketball, the coach of the national team in 1992. And there was an article that he just spoke on that at that time they were paying their own way to the games. They were paying for their food, their flight, their jerseys, their gear, everything. Now fast forward from 1992 to 2020, 2021, and everything's covered. 
we get the same uh, prize money for winning a gold medal as an Olympic athlete. Uh, I'm getting sponsorships from corporate and Fortune 500 companies, and people want to hear me speak, and I'm on more news stations than I can count. And, and all that's to say nothing about me, but it's about, like, the world is primed for the Paralympic movement to just grow. And I'm just thankful that I'm along for the journey and I can look back at eight-year-old Ryan and I can look now and I can say, wow, like I had to find out through a newspaper article. I hope no one, I love the news, I know of newspaper articles. I hope people do find out through some of the articles that were written, but I hope that like they're watching TV and they're just like, yeah, the Paralympics, like I know what that is. And uh, the guy down the street should go like we're going to go tell his parents that like we saw this and he should go try it because he has a physical disability and he'd be great for it. Like it, I want it to become so mainstream that it's not like this hidden, I can't believe we found this golden nugget in this like clipping on a newspaper article. Um, so I, w- I want more of Ryan Nicewinders to have the experience, the eight year old experience that I had and the freedom that I felt. It's phenomenal, man. I'm sure uh, if you keep going on your journey, which I have no doubt that you will, there's going to be many and many hundreds of thousands of other kids, mm-hmm. both boys and girls, that will look at you as an inspiration. This is definitely uh, one that I'm super proud to be on this show with you. Uh, one one last question that I have, or before I go, so uh, before I go into that last question, so do you get like, is there like a fraternity? I've always wondered this. Is there like a fraternity of like Olympic gold medalists? Like they bring everybody together once a year, so like you could be there, and then Kevin Durant's over there, and <laughs> or is or am I crazy? No, it, they definitely do things like that. So like we'll go visit the president of the United States at some point. I think they're waiting until because the Olympics. Uh, and Paralympic Games for the summer and winter are so close due to, due to the postponement. I think they're going to do both together. Um, but we'll all get together there, which will be cool. Uh, there's an Olympic and Paralympic Museum in Colorado Springs that just launched. Okay. And they put on a ton of events. And there's, like, uh, artifacts and gold medals from, like, every Games that you can go see. Our team's in there. So that's really cool. Um, and then I would just say that the one thing that I'd really love to do and bridge the gap in is like the NBA and we have like what's called the, the NWBA. Okay. Uh, we don't have a ton of synergies there. And I just think that like as the Paralympic and Olympic movement like grow and become bigger collectively, I'd love to bridge that gap where, you know, the Kevin Durant's uh, are meeting the Ryan Nicewenders and other people on my team and Team USA for uh, the Olympics and Paralympics are just having more of those bonds. So I wouldn't say that we're having those get togethers all the time yet, but I think there's more to come with that. And we've just had great, like Toyota has been an awesome sponsor. Visa has been a great sponsor. Uh, Samsung sent us like an S20, uh, a galaxy S 21, I think it's called. And they sent us a laptop that I'm uh, using today. So we've gotten a lot of cool, like, perks and, and memorabilia and um man our game has come so far and yeah. we have so so much to still do but there's a moment where you can just sit back and be grateful for what you have and then keep pursuing uh for more for the next generation yeah no absolutely and so uh yeah i, was, I always just wondered that like if uh <laughs> where, where would you where would you count yourself as far as a shooter in your league? Like, are you one of the better shooters? I know you said your your speed and your court vision. Are you one of the better shooters in your league? Yeah, absolutely. And league meaning the 
the NWBA. Yeah. Uh, I play for the Charlotte Rolling Hornets. Right. So we um, we're not like affiliated with the N- NBA team yet, but we have like similar names. And yeah, I'm one of the the better sh- sharpshooters in the league. Uh, the beautiful part about Team USA, and and it's very similar to the stand up team, is uh, we just have so much talent that like you pass up a good shot for a great shot and you get layups and you get fast break points. And so we don't necessarily have someone that scores 30 points a game. It can happen. And that's great when it happens, but we're at our best when we're balanced. When you see like 10 points, eight points, eight points, eight points, six points, that's like we're throwing waves at you and you don't know who to stop because like you guard that guy and the next guy hits, you guard the next guy. Like everybody's just on that's our our staple and we we throw waves at people that by the fourth quarter our goal is that they just put the ball down because they don't want to play against us anymore no that's super super dope man so the last question i have on this and then we're going to move on if if you had to battle one-on-one you versus you were number seven so we're going to use kevin durant right you were number seven you think you could shoot you could outshoot him shooting contest Oh, come on. Absolutely. I would welcome the challenge. I know I, Kevin Durant is a special talent. Yeah. And I have so much respect for how, how well he shoots. I would welcome the challenge because I'll never, A, back down from a challenge, and B, I think that um, we need to do more of those things in our sports to, to mend that gap. So bring it on. I'd love to see it. Um, but he's a special talent. I mean, he's one of the greatest shooters to ever do it. I have so much respect for him, but we would have fun with it for sure. Yeah. Hopefully one day, one day soon <laughs> we'll be able to have him on the show and then I'll make sure I bring it up, but it might be a little bit easier to probably go get what, like mellow or, or Gordon Hayward or something yeah. like that. Since they're right there. In Miles Bridges. Miles like, Bridges. They've got a good squad right now. They got a really good squad, but I'm saying like the shooter, like I don't yeah. would my, Miles, He's getting better. He's getting, getting better. better. Cool. Scary Terry. I mean, you might. Yeah. Terry Rozier. He's yeah. good too. They've got a squad. I like watching them. They're fun. For sure. No, man, this is definitely, like I said, this has been a great conversation. Uh, last question that I have for you is um, I always ask people if they if they could go back, if they would change anything. And what I've learned is a lot of people say they wouldn't change anything because, you know, it made them who they are, which I definitely I understand and respect. But I also call a little bit of BS because I say, <laughs> listen, we would all change something if we could go back. Like for me, I would never lose my mom. Right. And and but mm-hmm. it does, again, reveal character, make you who you are, makes you stronger. But I've learned to phrase this in a different way and the way that i phrase it now is if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your journey and your dream to where you are today what would that one thing be i think just embracing who i was earlier i think it took me a while to do that and I just vividly remember like the, the story that comes to my mind is just like going to the grocery store and you know, kids don't know any better, but like there's a kid sitting in, in the grocery cart and the mom's pushing it and I'm walking or pushing in my chair and they'll say something like, like mom, why is he like walk that way? Or like, why is he in a wheelchair? And for me, I just did not embrace who I was. And that was like, like I would walk down like a different aisle like growing up because like, I just didn't want to face that. And like two things come to my mind in that one is that if that's happening and and you're a parent, like don't shush your kid, but educate them. And if you aren't educated enough to educate them, then that's like a great opportunity for you to learn 
and to educate and, and learn how to have those conversations so that it becomes normal to your kid. But I think for me, to answer your question, I wish I would have embraced who I was earlier because that doesn't bother me anymore. And it allows me to be so confident in who I am and use that superpower that we talked at the very beginning of the show to my best of my ability. It's the differentiator, and it's what makes me who I am. And if I could have done that earlier, um, now granted, like, I was young, and I was trying to figure, like everybody when they're young and they're that middle school kid are trying to figure out who they were. But to answer your question, I think the earlier that we recognize what makes us unique and different and we embrace that, the, the, the quicker we will be able to make a deeper impact uh, with that special gift in this world. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely agree. Uh, my brother, as I said, this has been a phenomenal conversation and mm. I want to be the first one if no one else has told you to say thank you and I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah, you've dropped so much wisdom and you shared so much insight on uh, something that a lot of us are uneducated on and I'm very, very proud uh, to have had this conversation with you. Uh, we will make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes uh, to awesome. your website and, and everything that you have going on. But for anybody who would like to stay directly plugged in and connected with you, tell us, where can they find you at? Yeah, Instagram at Ryan underscore Nice Wonder. Uh, my website's a great place to go to because it sends an email directly to my agent and we're able to connect really quickly. Um, but I love being able to, to speak and share and I just appreciate like you reaching out. I, this has been, it's fun. It's fun to conversate. I learn as much from you as you do from me. And this show inspires me to, to go out and dream and to go out and bridge the gap for other people. And, and I'm just, it's a, it's a privilege. It's, it's been so fun. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. And remember Dream Nation, just as he said, it was all about action. You know, every step of the way he continues to take action because if you don't, that dream that you have, and we all have a dream, it will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. 